on the virtual Bible study tonight. Well, we need to talk. We need to have a little serious conversation. Yeah. I need some advice. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about seeking godly counsel and giving godly counsel, seeking and giving godly counsel. We're called upon to do that sort of thing, and we need that sort of thing. And so we want to look at some biblical guidelines about giving and receiving counsel. All right. We're going to have an important discussion tonight, and you'll want to be a part of it. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June 18th, 2020. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Glad that you're here. Kyle's behind the controls. Kyle, welcome to the program. It's good to be here. Looking forward to hearing from you and uh, from you on the other end of the line tonight at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And the best way probably for you to get your comments heard is in the chat room tonight, although we do like those phone calls if you'd like to give us one. Uh, the chat room to the bottom of the video feed if you're watching us live on the program tonight. You know, we, as we said, our topic for discussion tonight is about getting advice, seeking advice, receiving advice. It's kind of, it's kind of ironic how everything has a, sort of a connection to this coronavirus business we've been dealing with because I have called and had a number of others call me about what are you doing at the church at College View? How, how, how are you handling that? What's what's your approach? All those kind of questions. And uh, uh, so e- even about the coronavirus, we've been seeking advice how to handle it is because it's kind of an unusual situation. So uh, all of this sort of seems like it has a tie-in one way or another. But we want this to be a much broader consideration about godly counsel. Often I need it. Sometimes I'm asked to give it. And so what should be some things that factor into that? All right. It is a good topic tonight, and hopefully you will be ready to participate on the other end of the line tonight. Let us know your thoughts on this important topic um, it is something that, uh, well, I think we all need it uh, from time to time. I don't think we, you know, I don't think anyone is uh, born without needing some, taking some advice from some folks. At least uh, maybe we all need it. Maybe we don't all admit it, but uh, I think we all need it at times. Okay. So here's the questions we sent out when we put out this topic for discussion on our update list. Get on the list if you're not. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Today we sent out to our update list these questions. Is it bad or does it show weakness to seek spiritual counsel from others? As a follow-up to that, what might be some of the things that prevent people from asking for help? And as a follow-up to that, why might some Christians be hesitant to offer needed advice to others? Okay. Okay. Second question, what are some of the dangers associated with getting counsel from others? 
Number three, give verses that show proper guidance must be based upon the word of God. Number four, worldly counselors often avoid the discussion of sin and personal accountability. What does the Bible say about this? And then finally, number five, when a person's problems are rooted in sin, what is the proper counsel to give them? Good topics for our consideration tonight. Good things to consider as we think about this topic, and we want you to participate in the program tonight. Uh, send us an email. Give us a call. Join in the chat room tonight. You know, people ask for advice about all sorts of things. Uh, you know, how often have we asked people about maybe to get medical advice for ourselves, for our children or something? You know, what maybe, doctor do you use? What, or maybe, you know, maybe a kid is sick and has these symptoms. And so, you know, moms talk among themselves as to what it might be and yep. what needs to be done. We seek advice. Uh I think moms seek advice. I mean, women often seek advice about recipes. Us guys might seek advice. I know you were asking last night about working on your car, about yeah. uh, advice on what might be wrong with your car. Uh, we ask advice about all kinds of things. Uh, for some reason, though, people put religious, spiritual advice sort of in a different category. I mean, it's it, it's it's not it's not considered, you know. At the same level, uh, I'm not as open to ask, and maybe I'm not as willing to give advice in spiritual matters, which I think is sort of a mistake. That That is a mistake, and we pay the price when we are unwilling to do that. Um, and so what are some of the things that would hinder that? Well, first of all, I don't think it's a sign. The first part of that question, one, is is it a sign of weakness to ask for help? And I don't think it is. I think everybody needs help. And so we we should probably take that off the, off the table. Uh, people, need, if, if you feel that you're exposing the fact that you're weak, if you ask somebody for help spiritually, we need to, we need to say that's not a sign of weakness. It's actually, I think, as we develop our study tonight, we're going to see it's a sign of strength and courage and wisdom, wisdom, maybe even spiritual maturity to say, you know, on this on this issue, I need some help. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's not a bad thing at all. Proverbs is uh, has lots of information about counsel and uh, how we should be seeking counsel. Proverbs one verse five: A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. That there, there's no type of uh, looking down on someone here by Solomon. He's not saying, oh, well, what's wrong with that guy? He that, that, to, that guy he must not have any brains at all. He's asking for help. Yeah, what a weakling. Yeah. Uh, no, he says you're wise if you if you get help. Now it's qualified by the kind of counsel that you get, uh, because we have plenty of biblical examples of folks getting bad counsel uh, and doing things that were uh, in error based on the counsel they gave. Ahab and Jezebel would be one that comes to mind. Jeroboam would be one that comes to mind. Rehoboam. Or Rehoboam. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Rehoboam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who took the the counsel of the youth rather than the counsel of the old and uh, wise. So. There, there has to be qualifications on that, but certainly it's not a sign of weakness. Right. Uh, everybody has problems at times. You know, uh, Job said in Job 14, verse 1, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's a pretty pessimistic outlook on life, but at least it does point out the fact that we all have issues from time to time and we need help. Now, we ask, what might be some things that prevent people from asking help? Well, one reason is pride. Uh, I, I'm too proud to ask for help. You know, 
uh, I'll, uh, I'll handle this on my own. I'll solve my problems by myself sort of attitude. Another problem might be I'm ashamed to seek help because I really don't want people to know what my particular weakness is that, uh, or, or what I've been dealing with. So, you know, pride and uh, goes a long way in causing us lots of trouble. And and there also might be the inclination to think well, nobody cares and and nobody would be willing to help me if I did ask. And so all of those kind of things might keep people from asking. So we we want to make sure that people understand. And we should in our interpersonal relationship with people, we should make people understand I'm open to your needs. Ask me anything. I'm willing to help. Uh, make it so that they would be open. They wouldn't be ashamed to tell you even their, you know, their, their, their most deep issues that they'd be willing to confide in you. We ought to have relationships with other Christians. I'm not saying we'd have this relationship with every Christian, not even with everybody in the local congregation. But there ought to be individuals that I that I individual Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, that I have developed close bonds with enough so that I would be open to tell them my deepest secrets and my hardest problems, and they and, and they would not shame me for doing so. I know that I know they're ready to help, and and I I have confidence that I can go to them. And tell them anything I need to tell them. We need to develop those kind of relationships. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. So what we need to do, I think on the on the on the other end of the line here, is that we need to make sure that we make ourselves available and we present ourselves in a way that we could be trusted, uh, that we would be humble and be willing to to listen without uh, making someone feel bad for wanting to confide in us. So there's a lot to do on the receiving end of that as well. Yeah. So the uh, the other part of that question, so pride, basically, pride and shame may keep people from asking for help. But the, on the other side of the coin, as you were just saying, sometimes Christians are hesitant to offer the help. Uh, and I think uh, some of the things that may factor into that is maybe people don't feel qualified. You know, maybe they have... Maybe they have been so long bombarded by the, the sort of propaganda that says only trained professional counselors, mm-hmm. only... People, certified psychologists and psychiatrists are qualified to give advice. You know, I'm not qualified. What do I know? I'm not, I'm, you know, I've never been to school for these kind of things. What do I know? Uh, I think we know a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Have you studied the Bible? Do, do you know the Word of God? You know, can you reference Scripture when people ask you a question? Uh, that's the kind of counsel that's needed. We're going to stress that here in another question in a minute about the, where we should base our counseling. But I think Christians are a lot more qualified than they probably give themselves credit for being. But maybe because they feel unqualified, they hold back and they don't want to, they don't want to engage in a, in a problem a situation. Uh, sadly, there may be some selfishness on my part. I really don't want to get involved because if I go to that guy and I try to help, it's probably going to be a long-term project here. And, uh, I'm not sure I want, I, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to be that invested in this business. And so maybe our selfishness keeps us from, from offering the help. 
Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, Romans 15, verses 1, beginning. Uh, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities, the leak, and not to please ourselves. And that's not to say that I'm the spiritual giant and I don't have any challenges myself. But in certain circumstances, I might be the, the strong one in the equation. And I ought to be willing to bear the infirmities of the weak. Uh, verse 2, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. Uh, so I need to be willing to, to put myself out there yeah. and... Uh, and offer that help when I am the one who is in a position to do so. Yeah. Paul said in Romans 15, verse 14, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Paul said to the to the Romans, I, I've got confidence in you. You can get out there and do this sort of thing. <coughs> and, and you need to be doing it. In yeah. fact, we're actually commanded to do that sort of thing. Galatians 6, verse 1 Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Uh, so you know, there's a there's a there's a godly mandate that we're supposed to go and help people who are having trouble, and it's it's not an optional thing. You know, I can't say I'm going to leave this I'm going to leave this counseling and this admonishing and this rebuke. I'm going to leave that to others to do. I'm just not going to get involved in that sort of I, I, I don't have that option as a Christian. I'm obligated. If I see someone in trouble, I'm obligated to go to them. Uh, that's interesting. All right. Uh, certainly. First Thessalonians 5, verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. That sort of sounds like counseling, doesn't it? Yeah. First, first Timothy or first Thessalonians 5, verse 14. Yeah. Um, Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu dot com. I'm thinking as you talk here that uh, that this is a motivation for us to be diligent in our spiritual growth so that we can fulfill those commands. You know, I can't I can't just be sort of slacking off in my spiritual growth and expect that I could fulfill these commands to be able to admonish and yeah. encourage others if I haven't acquired the skills myself. Exactly right. All right. Uh, Hebrews 10:24. Let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. James chapter 5, verse 19. Brethren, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns the sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. You know, that's that's our that's our job. That's what we ought to be seeking to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, because there's going to be a time when I'm I'm going to need that also. Yeah. All right. When we get a break, we can continue the discussion on the other side. We've got some comments from our listeners. We'll add some other comments from our listeners in the chat room tonight as uh, we get back. Uh, Brian in California has got a good comment, and if you're not signed in and you haven't sent your comments in there, we'd welcome you to do that while we take this break. What about biblical counseling? Does it show weakness when we seek it? Uh, why do some uh, sort of hesitate to ask for help, and why do some hesitate to give help? We're going to get your thoughts on the other side of the break. Uh, stay tuned. We're back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Misconception number 56. The folks at College View Church of Christ aren't led by the Spirit. They're afraid of Him. Some people say this, but it's simply not true. The fact is, there is not a single thing we do at the College View Church of Christ without first getting the Holy Spirit's approval. Granted, we don't have healing crusades, miracle ministries, or slayings in the Spirit, but we refuse to do anything without Holy Ghost guidance. 
You may have been misled about us. Why not come learn the truth about the College of Church of Christ this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m.? Remember, the truth will set you free. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Nothing is as hard to do gracefully as getting down from your high horse. It takes years to build up trust, but it takes only seconds to destroy it. You are responsible for what you do, no matter how you feel. You are in control of your attitude. You choose your attitude. Really great people do what has to be done, regardless of how they feel and regardless of the consequences. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight as we uh, look at uh, the idea of counseling and offering counseling, asking for counseling. Some people are hesitant to ask. Some people are hesitant to give. Does it show a sign of weakness? What are your thoughts? Uh, share those with us tonight. Mohan up in uh, Chicago said, the Bible says advice is a good thing. Proverbs 19, verse 20. Proverbs 11, verse 4. Uh, a couple of verses he pa- he notes there. Uh, and certainly the Bible does say. 1920, Proverbs 1920 says, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your Latter days. So it's an instruction to do this, to to get counsel and listen to it. Uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen he references, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. Now, I mean, there it does. That's that's pretty plain and pretty easy to see there. That yes, we do want counseling. It is a good thing. We should be asking for it. We ought to be offering that counsel. Uh, Dwight says, no, it's not bad and does not show spiritual weakness, although we all have room for improvement. We need to remember the words that Paul spoke to the Romans, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This includes you, young and old alike. James 5.16 tells us to confess our sins one to another. Each of us need to realize we need each other for spiritual support and encouragement. Paul told the Thessalonians to comfort one another with these words of the Lord's return. We need comfort, help, and support from our brothers and sisters to make it through this life. Remember, though, it may also mean repentance on one's part seeking counsel. Uh, so he says, yeah, it's a good thing. And in fact, the scriptures tell us we should do it. Uh, so what's holding people back? Is it pride, fear, lack of trust and or faith may prevent people from asking others for help? We need to remember the last words of James, that James mentions in James 5.16, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Some may not want to offer words of wisdom because they have been blamed or ridiculed from others in the past for offering advice. Could also be that even though we ourselves can give good advice, we may not be living as we should, and feel we'd be hypocritical. That's a good in giving point advice. there. You know, you know, I I can't really advise a guy on this deal because I'm doing that and worse myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so I'm just, but that's just between me and God, right? Yeah, no, yeah. but when I'm not living like I should, others are yeah. paying the price. Yeah, uh, and we need to be aware of that. Uh, Brian's in the chat room out in California. And he says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much, James 5, verse 16. So, again, the idea there of confessing and, and asking for counsel and asking for help. And then I guess we're going to stay on the left coast tonight. Uh, Paul in Washington chimes in in the email. He says, no, Christians need to be able to seek help from the other, from other Christians. Those who are spiritually mature with knowledge in the scriptures are able to give godly counsel in a kind and understanding way. The thing that might prevent this could be the fear of being looked down on or judged, the feeling that we are expected to measure up. Some might hesitate to offer advice, not wanting to come across as self-righteous or act better than others. Some good scriptures uh, here, Paul List, 
Galatians 6, 1 and 2. We already referenced that, and that's a good one. And Galatians, or Romans 15, verse 14, which you referenced as well. Yeah, uh, I think uh, his point, we don't want to come across as self-righteous or act better than others. That Galatians 6, 1, if any man is overtaken a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, you know, that's, I, I got to realize I'm not perfect either. I could, I, I have my temptations. And so I, I don't, I need, I don't need to come across as, you know, the, holier than thou is the expression and people just hate that and you're not going to be a good counselor if people feel that that's the way you're treating them yeah and one way to do that is hide behind the scriptures you know just use the scriptures present yeah. the scriptures it's not this, me talking it's not, it's not, hey, this is my advice here's what i figured no here's what god said to do yeah yeah okay all right very good all okay. right so there are lots to talk about there and we probably could spend even more time dealing with that uh but uh, just to stress again Everybody's going to need help from time to time. Uh, don't be don't be hesitant to ask for it. And don't be hesitant to give it. Uh, it's it's part of God's plan, really. That, uh, our, our relationships within the body of Christ uh, are there for such times as that. All right. I appreciate the comments and email in the chat room tonight. And if you haven't chimed in, uh, let Anything us know your thoughts. Kyle, how about you on the other side of the board tonight? I think as we grow as Christians, we need to... I think we we could probably see others around us who we, who we know we're probably we're going through some trials. We could probably see that in their actions by the way they present themselves at the worship services or if they're absent at the worship services. We can we can usually see the the you know our brothers and sisters who are possibly needing some strength right now. So I think it's we need to be, as we mature as Christians, we need to put feelers out just to reassure them that we are there for them. If we see that, but also some people hide it very well. So we make sure we're, you know, in good times and bad times, we're there, we're there for our brothers and sisters. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, let, us let's know your, let us know your thoughts in the chat room tonight. Okay. Let's jump to the second Number question. Two. Second two. question was, what are some of the dangers associated with getting counsel from others? I, and I, I, my guess is when you read that question, anybody who read that question thought, Ungodly counselors is the biggest danger. Uh, the biggest danger of seeking counsel is, from others is that they're not going to give you godly counsel. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and a lot of, a lot of the people in the, in the counseling field, psychologists, psychiatrists, and so forth, are not, not going to base their instruction on the Word of God. In fact, they don't believe in God. No, I, I found a quote here where, where, uh, one counselor said, this is an ungodly, atheistic counselor. Your problem, actually, is the fact that you have a lot of what I call shoulds, oughts, musts, which, unfortunately, you were taught when you were very young. You were taught by these by your father, by your mother, by your church. If you didn't have these concepts of ought, you wouldn't be disturbed. In other mm. words, your problem is you, you were given too many rules. Uh, religion's bad again. Uh, yeah, we talked about this. Uh, you know, is Trouble Christianity the problem? But he, he, what he's saying is, you wouldn't feel bad if you hadn't been instructed in right and wrong. The problem is, you got this instruction about right and wrong, and now you're doing wrong and you're feeling bad about it. If you didn't think it was wrong, you wouldn't feel bad for doing it. And so the problem is not what you're doing. The problem is that you were taught that it was wrong. Uh, I mean, what, what what circular reasoning that is. Yeah. Uh, that, but that's the kind of advice that a lot of counselors give. One 
One counselor, this, this quote is from Paul Vitz, who taught psychology at New York University. He said, the hostility of most psychologists to, to Christianity is very real. For years, I was a part of that sentiment. Today, it still surrounds me. The universities are so secularized that most academics can no longer articulate why they are opposed to Christianity. They merely assume that all ration, uh, that for all rational people, the question of being a Christian was settled negatively at some time in the past. In other words, now they've even moved past specifically attacking Christianity because they assume no right-thinking person even bothers with that. Mm, that's um, that's the way the counselors are being trained. Dwight said these are called morals, these ideas yeah. that uh, you, you, yeah. you, you things yeah. you need to do and but, not do. But, you know, there is just when you do bad, you should feel bad. But these counselors are trying to – their approach is don't feel bad because it's not bad. Yeah. You know, the, you know. If I do something bad, I should feel bad about doing something bad. But they just trying to erase the, 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 the consequence. Uh, Brian says, I've heard too often from the secular world that we have to, a right to be happy. We should place our salvation before any earthly satisfaction or gain. I think you're right, Brian. And I've heard plenty of people say that just to me. Uh, I, I, I have a right to be happy. Or maybe even try to bring God into the equation. God wants me to be happy. And so the way, the only way I can be happy is to leave my wife and marry this other woman that I'm interested in. Right. That's, that's the only way I'm going to be happy. And God wants me to be happy. Right. Right. Uh, you know, that, that, all that kind of foolishness. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So our listeners tonight chimed in on this, and, and, and Mohan in Chicago said, some dangers, uh, again, with uh, getting uh, counsel from others, are that some go beyond what is in the Bible when giving advice, and some people can be too dependent on other people rather than going to God's Word. So Mohan has a couple things there for us to consider, as we mentioned earlier. Going beyond God's Word, so getting into some advice that's not scriptural, but then one that's interesting here, Kyle, is that some people can be too dependent on other people rather than going to God's word. I've got to check what I'm told. Just because it's good to get counsel doesn't mean I need to buy everything that I've been told. I've got to check it with the scriptures and make sure that it's in line. That's one of the. That should be a fear of any Christian that goes to outside counsel and is like, you know, what, you know, what. Especially if it's uh, about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, that is something that is definitely going to be counter to what the modern day you know psychologists would go with so if whatever your issue is it's just you have to examine the bible i think if you if you have if you have to go to an outside counselor that'd be the first thing you say that everything you tell me i have to examine by the word of god exactly so i mean that needs to be up front and you know but you may have to if your job you may be forced to go to some kind of outside counseling or whatever, but that needs to be first and foremost in our minds exactly right because there there's a lot of bad counselors out there uh, someone you were pointing out Rehoboam sought the bad counsel of the young folks versus right. the wise old counselors uh, someone pointed out that the very first sin came from getting bad advice Satan gave Eve bad advice in Genesis chapter 3 he so. gave Adam bad advice yeah. yeah, and everybody went with it Yeah. Uh, here's what Dwight and Iowa said need to make sure we get sound counsel asking a teenage kid or young adult for child rearing advice is not a good choice necessarily Yeah, somebody has a vested interest in that one uh, they haven't been down that road for giving that kind of advice you want good advice about computers don't come to me go to one who works with them and understands them I may give you bad advice because I don't understand them that much. 
So, so a good point, right? I mean, so, so I need to be I need to be somewhat selective in who I'm going to seek counsel from, and not just even though it, some, that somebody's wearing the name Christian doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to want to get. Advice and, and like you said earlier, it doesn't doesn't mean that I'm just going to swallow everything that's said from anybody. Yeah. You know, the the idea of examining, searching the scriptures to see whether those things are so. He uh, Acts 17 verse 11, like the Bereans did, would apply in this as well. Yep. Here's one that uh, that Paul said out in Washington. The main danger is that the council might not be true to God's word. One Christian might talk with another about a spiritual problem, and the friend might listen and sympathize, but fail to point out the truth. We need to speak the truth in love. So, you know, it may be that what I hear in my counseling from my counselor, the one who I seek help from, what I hear may not be what I want. I need to have some, uh, talk to someone who's got the courage to tell me what I need to hear. Exactly. Not just the friend who would listen and sympathize and maybe go along with something that's not scriptural. Yeah, I got an email from Kiana who references 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. Be not deceived, evil companionships, corrupt good morals. Awake to soberness righteously and sin not, for some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to move you to shame. I'm not sure what version. It's a little different wording than I'm familiar with, but reference 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. She says, Christians have to be careful getting counseled by individuals that are relatives or close companions because they can be easily influenced into unrighteousness and jeopardize their own souls from worldly advice received. Uh, I, I think that, you know, uh, if, if I'm understanding what she's saying there, I think there's a good point in that. I don't. I should not just seek out the people that I know are going to tell me what I want to hear. Uh, you know, uh, my mom and dad are pretty sympathetic to me. I'm, I'm having this marriage issue going on. Yep. And they're pretty sympathetic to me. What I need is someone to box my ears and tell me to get home and act well, right. You yeah. know, yeah. but but my mom and dad are pretty sympathetic to me, and so I'll go. I'll just I kind of cry on their shoulder. Yeah. And they'll and they'll pat me on the back, and make me feel better, and I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. So yep. you you got to seek counselors who're going to tell you what you need to hear, what you need to hear, not what you want to hear necessarily. Yeah. And um, and then quickly before we go to break, Eric in the chat room says big difference between happy and joy. Being happy is often temporal, but joy will be forever. Sometimes it's hard, it takes hard times to have the difference hammered home. Interesting point, yeah. Eric. Thank yeah. you, Eric, for that. Uh, we'll get a break when we get back. What's next? Okay. We want to just look at the verses. Everybody knows where we're coming from on this, but we're going to look at some of the verses that show that proper guidance must be based upon the word of God. Okay. All right. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to establish the, uh, what we all agree on here. I think at this point is, uh, but the scriptures are very clear about that. Yeah. And we're going to get into that on the other side of the break. If you've got a comment or a question, send it to the chat room. Stay tuned this week's bullet point. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. All godly parents are concerned about bringing up their children to be good, God-fearing people. In fact, we're commanded to do so in verses like Ephesians 6, verse 4. There are lots of negative influences in the world that make this an increasingly difficult job. We worry about the impact of the schools, peer pressure, wickedness in the media, and so forth. In the face of all these forces that seek to ruin our kids, how can we succeed in teaching and training them to do what is right? While there are many scriptural principles that might be mentioned here, we want to emphasize just one, consistency. A key in bringing up faithful children is to be consistent. 
An obvious area where this consistency needs to be seen is in attendance at the assemblies. If you allow your kids to miss the worship service in order to be at a ball game, you're teaching them that the ball game is more important than the Lord. If you let them skip the assemblies for school functions, band trips, dramas or plays, or to go camping, fishing or hunting, in all these ways you are demonstrating that these are things that are more important than God. If you fail to worship when you are traveling or on vacation, you are showing them that serving God is something you do only when it is convenient. If you let them take part-time jobs that interfere with their attendance, you're giving them a clear sign that work and career considerations are higher in priority than spiritual things. Many parents who are violating the principles stated above will scoff at these warnings. Yet the personal experiences of many people, as well as the plain teachings of God's word, indicate that this is the truth. Joshua had it right when he said, quote, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, verse 15. There would be no compromise in his family. He would lead them in a consistent, faithful path. Let's imitate his example of consistency. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell, and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and gather your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the virtual Bible study tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Got a, a message during the break. Uh, we've got a couple of brothers in the chat room here tonight. Uh, one of them's out in California. One of them's over here in Tennessee. And the one in California has got more comments in than the guy in Tennessee. And I think he's a little bit, uh, he feels a little bit outdone here. So, Oh, is Eric's going to have to get it in gear. Oh, is there uh, a little, to, yeah. little brotherly rivalry here about yeah. who can get the most comments in the chat room tonight? <laughs> now, that's a good. That's a good rivalry on our part because we need more comments. And if you're signed in the chat room tonight, please uh, share your comments as we talk about this important uh, topic tonight. Um, the Bible is very clear that we need to get counsel and that it must be on. Uh, I've got some verses listed, but let's let's see what our uh, we've got a couple of emailers who gave us some verses. Let's see what they've got and see how they overlap here. Uh, Dwight. So the, the point is, what are the verses that say what we I think we all understand to be true? Godly counseling obviously has to be based on the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 3, verses 3 through 6. This is from Dwight. He says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Very good. Yeah. Now, that's a famous passage for sure. Yeah. Malachi 2, 7. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. James 3.17, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. All right. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dwight. All right. I think those are good. All right. Uh, we've got some comments from Paul here. He said, he references uh, several passages. Here's, uh, John 8.32, you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. John 17.17 17 through 19. Um uh, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And as thou sent me into the world, even so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. So again, uh, an emphasis on truth here. Uh, truth is what will save us. Uh, truth is what we need in our lives. He references Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill 
law of Christ. Again, the emphasis here on on doing this in the right way with the right advice, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, he references. Um, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. And so, uh, and then Titus chapter 1, uh, verse 9, um, holding fast the faithful words which, as he has been taught, that he may be able by doctrine, sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. But we think about this, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we think about Scripture as being, you know, well, the Bible is good for me. I need to study it and so forth. But it's same is true with the counsel. I need to be told the Bible and how it applies to my life. It's good yeah. for me. It's good for that uh, instruction in righteousness. Uh, and maybe I'm the one who needs that instruction, and I need to have counselors who are willing to give that to me. Here's a famous one that I was surprised somebody didn't throw this in. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. There we go. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Mm-hmm. And so on it goes. Mm-hmm. So you walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, but you delight in the law of the Lord. There you go. Um, Psalm 119, verse 24, your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Proverbs 19, verse 21, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Yeah. So, again, I mean, I think just all kinds of um, great verses that show that the, the Scripture is what we need. It has the truths. It has all the truth that we need. Any and you know what what's really impressive is that the that the Bible is, can be adapted to any problem I've got. I think some folks imagine the Bible was written so long ago to people in a different place in a different time, and here I am in twentieth century, twenty uh, first century America, and uh, that old book it it can't deal with my issues. It really can, yeah. and that, that's what's that, that's what's so impressive about the inspired word of God is it's it's timeless, and and if I am if my heart is open to it, it addresses any problem that can come up in my life. Proverbs chapter three verses five and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. So I'm not going to trust in my own understanding, but I shouldn't trust in the understanding of anyone else that I might talk to, Kyle, if I come to asking you for advice. I don't want Kyle's uh, think-sos, Kyle's understandings. I want the Lord's, and maybe I just need help seeing what the Lord's uh, ways are right now, and you can help me with that. But what I need is not some more Kyle's instruction. I need more God's instructions when I'm facing those difficult times. Yeah, I think it's our first knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, I think. I think this is what you need to do. It's just, but I think I think that if we go by what the Bible says, I know if we go by what the Bible says, it is timeless. It has not changed. It's not going to – one day you open it, it says something different. It's going to be there. It's the same thing in black and white. It says every day it has throughout, throughout time. I think if – especially as the world continues the way it is, we need to make sure that we are, you know, we have to live the way God tells us to. Yeah. The world is not. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and back to a verse that we referenced earlier about Paul telling the Romans that he had confidence that they were capable of, of, of admonishing one another. Uh, that, that, that capability comes from being a student of the word, you know. So, uh, so some, some brother or sister in Christ comes with a a family issue uh are you a trained family counselor 
You've got you've got the letters behind your name that that indicate that you have these credentials, certifications for family and marriage. No, no, I don't. I really don't. I, I can tell you what the Bible says. You know, well, wouldn't that be what we're looking for? Yep. In fact, if we if we had someone offering us counsel and they weren't at some point referencing scripture, actually look opening the Bible, reading verses from the scripture. I'd probably I'd probably need to think that that's that's not what I'm looking for here. That's not what I want. Now uh, there there is such a thing as wise counsel, and Proverbs tells us about that. And so I may need to go to somebody who has some letters behind his name because I'm not of, saying I might have I might have challenges that are very very difficult to sort of peel back and understand. But if he's not basing what he's telling me on the scriptures, then then it's and a waste we've of even my time. had we've even had some brothers in Christ uh, on our program in the past who have those credentials, those those letters behind their name, which is fine and good. But it's not to say that just a just a Christian who studied his Bible wouldn't be uh, capable and right. qualified to give yeah. me the advice I need. There you go. Rick had references in the chat room, Colossians 3, verse 17. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. So, again, everything's uh, based there. It's got to be our foundation yeah. in all aspects of our life. Thank you, Rick, for chiming in the chat room tonight. All right. All right. Um, we can introduce this, and then we'll grab a break and 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 be ready to go to the top of the hour. But our fourth question was: Worldly counselors often avoid the discussion of sin and personal accountability. Uh, what does the Bible say about that? You know, we referenced some quotes from some uh, psychologists or psychiatrists earlier, which said, you know, your problem is that you've been taught that that's bad. If you hadn't been taught that that's bad, then you wouldn't feel bad for doing it. Yep. You know, uh, that's that's uh, sort of the 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 kind of thing that we're talking about here. They don't they don't want to talk about sin. Let me read that quote again. Your problem actually is the fact that you have a lot of what I should call what I would call shoulds, oughts, and musts, which unfortunately you were taught when you were very young. You were taught these by your father, your mother, and your church. If you didn't have this concept of ought, you wouldn't be disturbed. In other words, the problem is, the problem is not what you're doing. The problem is that you were taught by someone that you shouldn't do that sort of thing. Uh, I, 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 uh, I stole a car last night, and I feel kind of bad about it. Well, the reason you feel bad about it is because your parents told you you shouldn't be out stealing cars. Yeah. If they hadn't have burdened you with that obligation, yeah. you could steal cars at will yeah. and never feel bad yeah, about those it. Those parents messed us up. Yeah. yeah. That was, I mean, that's just, just to be very blunt, that's just raw stupidity. Well, okay. I guess I know how you feel about uh-huh. that. Uh, Rick goes on in the chat room, references James 1, 21 through 25. The word is a mirror to show us. We actually are, so we can correct things that are amiss. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. The inspired scriptures are designed to make correction when it's properly applied to our lives. That is why we must speak as the oracles of God. They are perfect to His end. Thank you, James, for those comments tonight. And so, godly counsel, ungodly counselors, worldly counselors, are going to not understand these principles uh, and are going to lead in counsel uh, that takes us away from the idea of personal accountability and sin and uh, are not going to address through the problem when we get back we'll go down further into this concept 
and take your comments as well. We've got some good comments from our listeners on this and would like yours as well. We're going to go to the top of the hour as we wrap up our discussion. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Misconception number 34. The folks at the College View Church of Christ think you have to go to their church to go to heaven. Everyone else goes to hell. You may have heard this, but it's simply not true. We probably believe the same thing you do. We definitely believe the same thing Jesus did in Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter heaven, but those who do the will of my Father will. You may have been misled about us. Why not come learn the truth about the College of Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m.? Remember, the truth will set you free. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, it has been judged that eight states are treating churches to unequal treatment, according to the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. Those are California, Maine, Nevada, New Hampshire, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Washington. The Supreme Court has said, quote, religious activities can't be treated worse than similarly situated secular activities. That's according to Richard Garnett, director of the program on church, state, and society at Notre Dame Law School. That information is via churchleaders.com. The Word of God says in Psalm 111, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program tonight, going to the top of the hour, talking about biblical counseling, seeking and receiving biblical counsel on the program tonight. Again, so what we're dealing with right here is that a lot of times worldly counselors... They don't want to deal with the subject of sin, and they don't want to deal with people being accountable because of sin, and so they basically just deny it. You know, there's no there's no reason for you to feel guilty. You shouldn't feel bad. Uh, the only reason you do feel bad is because maybe some of these nasty old Christian people have been putting this guilt burden on you. Just just forget it. Get, yeah. Go away from it. Get out of that. You know, and, and counselors would even advise them to to abandon their religious faith so that they don't have these feelings of guilt that come from religious training and instruction. Uh, so, uh, worldly counselors—we're talking about worldly counselors. We're not talking about godly counselors. Worldly counselors, m- many of them uh, are atheists and amoral. They don't have a—they don't have a moral base uh, that they're giving their counsel from, and so they're going to tell you that. The, the, the problem is not you. You can do this, and you shouldn't feel bad about it. It's just that you've got you you just got dragging along some baggage of some past training that you had, and you just need to abandon that. So that that's what they do. Well, Dwight's in a good passage. Just one passage in here on this, and uh, that's Second Corinthians five verse ten. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So if I'm getting counsel that doesn't. Uh, reflect this reality that that is causing maybe maybe to ignore that reality or not prepare for that reality that is not good counsel uh, and i need to reject that paul as references titus 2 verses 1 through 8 shows how we are all to set a godly example and seek to build each other up uh, in living christ-like lives second Timothy 4 1 through 4 shows the responsibility to preach the word when some might prefer prefer to hear smooth pleasing words when the truth is needed. Worldly advice, philosophies, and smooth, flattering words will deceive the simple. 1 John 2, 
15 and 16, and Colossians 2, verse 8, and Romans 16, verse 7. You know, that is one of the dangers, is that there are people who will tell you what you want to hear. They will tickle your ears. You may be as wrong as you can be and feeling bad about it, and they will tickle your ears and tell you that everything's fine. Don't worry about it. One of the classic examples of that is how, uh, in, in our world, largely... Alcoholism has been redefined as a sickness now. Mm-hmm. It's not a sin. It's a mm-hmm. sickness. Yep. Well, what if it's a sickness, then I'm not accountable for it. I'm not right. accountable. For it. You know, so if, if I have if I have a a brain tumor, I'm, it's not my, I didn't it's not my fault that I have a brain tumor. I just, you know, uh, well, I'm, I have I'm an alcoholic, but it's not my fault because just just like the brain tumor wasn't my fault. The alcoholism, it's just a sickness. I've got it. I'm not accountable. So you see how they uh, all the effort to, to wipe out accountability. And Eric in the chat room references James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let it, he sh- you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. We need to do more of this, and we are told he will give it. Certainly, that is a promise uh, that uh, we, need to, we need to go to God for that, uh, that we might have the wisdom that we need in difficult times. And Maybe that's wisdom we need, and maybe it's the wisdom that we need to share with others. And so maybe we should ask for wisdom as we, as we counsel others. Okay, very and good. And for those keeping score at home, Eric and his brother are now tied two comments apiece. Oh, boy. So we'll see who will break that tie here. Okay. All right. Uh, Num- uh, here's, uh, here's what Nikki said. Qu- okay. I called her Kiana, and Kiana is Nikki. So Yeah. yeah. yeah so. She said Christians have to be careful when re- with receiving advice from worldly counselors because most don't know the Word of God and can lead a Christian astray. The Christian does not have God's Word written in their hearts or mind to hold fast to. For example, marriage, divorce, remarriage. It's best to seek advice from a strong, sound Christian that will counsel a Christian with the Word of God and lead them into righteousness. Thank you for that, Nikki. That's an excellent comment tonight. All right, very good. Okay. Um, so, again, if this ought to be a red flag for us. We're talking about good counselors and bad counselors. Bad counselors are going to be the counselors who tell you that you don't need to feel bad when you've done bad. I mean, this, is, this seems like so, uh, such a no-brainer that you shouldn't even have to say it. But it... But if you're feeling bad because you did bad and you go to a counselor who says you don't need to feel bad, just keep doing what you're doing, then that ought to be the immediate red flag. This is not the counselor I need. I mean, I feel bad for a reason because I'm doing bad. Uh, I need somebody to help me with that. All right. And if they don't understand that basic principle, then they don't have the wisdom I need, Kyle. It's a, yeah. I mean, that, that's, uh, that's not the advice that I want. That's not the counselor that I want. I think it's uh, this... Whole, if it feels good, it must be good. If it feels good, do it. If it's right, if it feels right, it must be right. So I think that's that is a mentality that's largely, you know, where we're at today in society. So I think it's so. Uh, but feeling bad has been made. Uh, you should not feel bad about yourself. You never, should always never feel, feel bad. Good. Yeah, never feel bad. You should bad. feel good about everything that you do. If you feel good, it must be right. That's uh, yeah, definitely contrary to. Uh, uh, James 1 describes the progression of sin. James 1, verse 14, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And so uh, what you see is there's something that people want, something that they desire, that attracts them, it appeals to them, they want it, and they do it. And 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 then they realize that it's, it's forbidden or wrong, and they feel bad about it. But all these counselors are telling them not to feel bad about it. They've actually... 
they're actually trying to do away with the with the consequence of sin, the progression and consequence of sin. All right. All right. Uh, I think we've got one more question here uh, as we get uh, close to the end. All right. So um, when a person's problems are rooted in sin, what is the proper counsel to give them? Well, uh, if if you see me sinning or I see you sinning, we have a responsibility to go to those who are in sin and 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 rebuke them. Uh, in Revelation chapter three verse nineteen, the Lord said, "As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent." So, uh, Jesus said, "He uh, he if he those he loved, he rebuked." That would be the same for us. If I if I love somebody and I see them in sin, I need to I need to rebuke them. Uh, it's a manifestation of love. Withholding the rebuke uh, uh, is 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 no help at all. Yeah, that is true. And one of the things that we might need to do in that rebuke is just establish some fundamentals. As uh, someone's in, is uh, got sin in their life and it is causing problems, establish some fundamentals. And one of those fundamentals is that we can control. Uh, ourselves and we can resist temptation and we are not uh, just victims of sin we can overcome back in Genesis chapter 4 as God is rebuking Cain he says uh, there in verse 3 beginning of Genesis chapter 4 in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord and Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his counsel fell, countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you wroth, and why is your counsel fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and to the, unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. God told Cain, you need to have control over this temptation and, and this desire. Cain was about to do something that he shouldn't do, and God said, you rule over that. And there might be times in our lives where we just need to be told, you better you better get a control of this. Yeah. You, you can't control it, and you better. And that's exactly. what the counsel that God was giving Cain. Exactly. Exactly right. right. Uh, so uh, if, if the question says, if a person's problems are rooted in sin, what's the proper counsel to give them? First of all, you got to you've got to address the sin. You got to you got to issue that rebuke, and then and then the solution, of course, is to repent and confess, to to stop the sinful practices, and seek God's forgiveness. You know what the you know what the real solution is if I if I feel bad, instead of denying the sin, is to acknowledge the sin, seek the forgiveness that God offers for sin, then I can feel good again. Yeah. That's that's the approach that needs to be used. Uh, great example from the Old Testament that everybody's familiar with is when Nathan the prophet went to King David and, and put it right on him that he had committed this sin with Bathsheba. Thou art the man, he said. I think everybody remembers that. And that was the right approach, and it got the job done. And, and in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 51 generally is considered David expressing his remorse over that matter. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all of my iniquities. Uh, 
David got got past that, but it took Nathan going to him, telling him that he was the man. And he didn't he didn't tell him, oh, don't don't feel bad about it. Yo, it happens. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Jesse sort of messed you up when he taught you that you shouldn't do things like that. Right. Yeah. No, he fixed the problem. Uh, Dwight said, uh, it, first they need to be told of, or shown their sin. They need to see from God's word. They need to repent of this sin. Acts 3, verse 19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, that, that idea of times of refreshing, you know, that's what we're, we're after here. And so the counsel we need, then, is if there's sin in our lives, to say, Get rid of the sin, be converted, and you'll get those times of refreshing. First John 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then Revelation 2, verse 5, the church in Ephesus was told, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Although we show people from God's word they must repent, we must do this in love and in the spirit of gentleness. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Thank you, Dwight, for your comments tonight. Thanks, Dwight. And then Paul, finally, uh, tonight, says, uh, That sin is deceitful. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. God is long-suffering, not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Uh, so he says, tell them that their sin is deceitful uh, and that God wants you to repent. And God is long-suffering and it desires greatly your repentance. And we need to work in that direction. All right. Well, I hope everybody agrees that this is, this is a pertinent subject. Uh, it applies to us all. Because every one of us needs godly counsel, and we need to be prepared to give godly counsel. And so, you know, hopefully some of the the things we discussed tonight will help us be motivated properly in these ways. All right. You didn't tell me what I wanted to hear tonight. Well, that's the way it is. Uh, You told me what I needed to hear. Kyle, uh, any comments from you? Uh, It's a good study. I think uh, we need to put our own uh, pride aside to seek help, but also when we're Asked to give help, we need to put aside our own think so's and go by the word of God, which, you know, it's a good study. Good, good, good topics tonight. We want to remind people real quickly uh, about what we're doing here at College View. Two more weeks, uh, we are having, we're meeting inside, inside the church building, but on Sunday morning, just for one hour, just our worship hour on Sunday morning at 1030, no separate classes at 930. So worship at 1030 Sunday morning, worship at 6 o'clock Sunday night, and our Wednesday night Bible study, just one big consolidated auditorium class. We're not going to separate classes, but this this is our plan for two more weeks. So uh, if you look at our website, the only time discrepancy from our normal schedule is we don't have the 930 Bible classes on Sunday morning. All right. Um so be uh, if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, come and worship with us uh, as we meet in person, doing that carefully, uh, trying to, to do our best to, to limit uh, the uh, contact in the building as we try and set ourselves apart and uh, and uh, we careful with the communion and so forth. So come and be a part of that. Uh, we think you'll benefit from being uh, worshiping with other Christians. And so we encourage you to do that. Good discussion today, uh, tonight. Uh, thank you for that. Thanks, Jake. Thank you for joining us. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. 
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.